is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hello, world. I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. And I am Marcus Rosner, and I act in them. And this this is is the Deck the Hallmark Hallmark podcast. My um, wife has been getting on me because I'm not drinking enough water these yep, days. Yep, so yep. I am drinking the water, and I just wanted everyone to know that. I'm, How I'm, old are you? Are I, you doing the bit where you're like, honey, if you're listening, I'm, <laughs> hey, honey, sweetie pie, I'm doing years it. Old? I just want her to know that I care. Like, I care about my body. I care about my health. I'm drinking my water. You are. You got a body armor there. Body so armor. You're, you're loading up. Double fisting. Carving yeah. up, watering up, hydrating. That's all. And then candy behind those why sticks. we're starting with this. I don't know. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing well. Very excited for today. Uh, gosh, who is who is this guy? What's he done before? Dude, you, you don't know about Marcus Rosner? What's he, What's his deal? Isn't he the guy who's like behind Macklemore or something? No, 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 no. That's Ryan Lewis. Okay. Different. Different, different guy. Different white guy altogether. <laughs> okay. Different white guy altogether. Right. Uh, that, you know what's wild? What's uh, that? My first question to Marcus is actually, on your IMDb, it says you're Marcus Rosner of Arrow, from Arrow. But when I look up in your IMDb, it doesn't say that you were on the show Arrow. And so mm. I'm very interested just as to where the lie is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm the guy to clear that up, I guess. I, uh, I, Marcus Rosner of Arrow, that's very flattering. I did two apps and they should be on there unless somehow Arrow has chosen to distance themselves from me and, and just remove me. But uh, We cannot yeah, be no, associated with Marcus Rosner. <laughs> yeah, they were like, no more. After your breakup with Macklemore, they said, let's uh, just say. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I would happily change or trade lives with Ryan Lewis. That's, uh, that'd be a good switch. It would be. It um, would be. Uh, yeah, no, I did. I did an app in the first season, then an app in the last season. So very briefly. But uh, maybe I, you might have missed it. Uh, I'm not going to no, blame game, but uh, it could be on there. Yeah, it, it has it like as the first picture under your under your stunning profile picture. But then stunning. if I if I click in the view all, it it just I scrolled. What well, year would that be? No, that I got 20? Max Fuller. Max Fuller is that who you were? Max Fuller. Yeah, there he is. so you found uh, it. Okay, I, I got it. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, uh, that stuff's all automated. It is funny what uh, what IMDb with the algorithm sort of chooses to attach you to, and it's like you could do have done one walk on appearance in an A and W commercial, and then it's like that's your your claim to fame, I guess. But um, yeah, no, I played a nightclub owner and uh, had beef with uh, Oliver Queen, mm. uh, Stephen Amell's guy there. Yeah, did you get to do a little fight scene? Yeah, yeah. It was actually one of my first professional gigs ever. I think uh, I shot that in 2012 and it aired then. And uh, yeah, I, I kicked. No, he kicked my ass a little bit. <laughs> That's fair. He right. is Arrow. Yeah, he is he's Arrow. Arrow. Yeah, he's, he's, you're, you're just a nightclub owner. He's Arrow. And yeah. It's not a fair I had, fight. I had a bunch of henchmen and they, they sort of jumped in and, and, and dusted them up a bit. And, <laughs> yeah. They brought you back for the last season, though. They did. Yeah. I think I think the, the the idea was like honestly if 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 I'm guessing correctly I came on I was so fresh and I think they had plans for this character to be somewhat recurring and and maybe they were like this guy is 22 <laughs> years old and our lead is a 33 year old jacked man and just uh, he doesn't present the the appropriate foil that we were looking for. <laughs> 
And so I just, I just seasoned over eight years and I came back and, and, uh, and was a little bit more of a man. And, um, and no, I think that they just wanted to, to have another appearance of my character before they wrapped up this, uh, the series. I did think. you get to but fight him again? Did you get beat up again? Uh, yeah, sort of. My, <laughs> I, I pulled a gun, I pulled a gun uh, and then he shot an arrow yeah. and then he shot the gun out of my hand <laughs> and the high tech process by which that was accomplished was, I just threw the gun and then they CGI did an right. arrow in the, in the show. But I was kind of a sniveling character. It wasn't very uh, Ronnie. But. Wasn't becoming. I watched Arrow for a minute. For I, a watched, few I, I watched yeah. the first couple of seasons yeah. like everyone else did and then yes. stopped halfway through. It was a weird storyline on yeah, one of the seasons. Yeah, yeah. I was they like, just kept, is, everybody was alive all the time. Like you could never kill anybody <laughs> on that show. So I read the, I read the pilot for that show. I actually auditioned for uh, Oliver Queen. It was like one of the first big oh, wow. things I auditioned for. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember the, reading the pilot being like, oh, this is so anti-CW. And like, it was very much in the Christopher Nolan vein yeah. of like sort of trying to ground it. And then, and so I was in the third ever app before the entire thing aired. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a, like actually a cool show. And then by the time I got there for the eighth season, they were like going through different multiverses and, and uh, <laughs> there was magic and, and stuff. And so it seemed like yeah, a they, bit of a change. They but. CW'd it up, yeah. don't yeah, worry. Yeah, they made it a CW. They, CW won over Nolan there for yeah. sure. Uh, and uh, Marcus, I want to hear about where you're from and how you got into acting. I'm assuming you're from Canada because you were in an episode of Supernatural. And so that does narrow that down for me a little bit. Yeah, it's funny. You can always tell where an actor's from by like all their credits. So which city uh, has all these particular shows? Um, I have very much a Vancouver resume uh, up to the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from a small town in northern Alberta, Canada, called Sherwood Park, uh, Alberta. It's just outside of Edmonton, home of the Edmonton Oilers. I guess is our our biggest claim to fame. Are you an Oilers fan? Massive, massive, and uh, playoffs start tonight hey. at 10 p.m. Eastern. Wow, yeah. 10 p.m. Yeah. Eastern. That's okay though. Well, he got his rest. He's ready. That's to go. right. That's why you slept yeah. in today, buddy. I know. Let's I'm in Toronto these days. Honestly, that was part of it. I was like, I'm gonna step a little late tonight. It's gonna be a play tomorrow. That's, That's right. In the head. Um, yeah, it'll get interesting once we start shooting that movie. I got to pull it up on set and be be a jerk, but uh, gotta watch. Um, yeah, no, from, from that little town and, uh, honestly our biggest claim to fame, there's the Oilers and, and, and oil itself. And so there's a lot of trades and stuff. Nobody I knew was ever in, in this sort of business. And then when I graduated from high school, I had a, a single mother, uh, uh, for the first 10 years of my life. By that, by the time I graduated, she had, she had gotten married, but uh, one of our long-term dreams was to like go to New York city and see this big flashy town that we had seen, uh, in movies growing up and stuff. And, uh, so we went there and we were walking down Broadway Boulevard and I saw this New York film Academy and we ducked in there and I kind of was asking some questions like, what do you, what do you do here? I, I didn't take drama or anything in high school. I was, I was a big jock and, uh, and then I, when I got back to to my hometown, I, I just Googled like the closest film school because my interest had been peaked. And then I, I saw Vancouver Film School, went out there, took their uh, acting essentials program, and then and then went traveling for the next couple of years to Australia and Fiji and all these different parts of the world uh, with a temporary girlfriend. And then um, <laughs> not a permanent one. No, it was a good learning process relationship for both of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> happily married now to someone else um and uh man you really must not like this girl i, I want no, that story oh, oh i hope i hope she doesn't see it was complicated um 
We won't dive into it. Hey, trust you me. made it complicated, man. I didn't say a word. You said temporary <laughs> girlfriend. Well, to be fair, she made it complicated. But. Oh, look out. You hear that, Janice? I'm calling her Janice. That's Marcus classic Fletcher. Janice, though. That's classic Janice. Janice from Alberta. Uh. Um, so then I, I got back to Vancouver in my early 20s and, and was bartending for a few years. And then uh, and, uh, various networks like Hallmark found me and uh, the rest is history. So you don't have you didn't do any sort of this in high school where you were like in all the plays and your parents were dragging you around to commercial auditions. You're playing like hockey and stuff. And then all of a sudden you're 18 and you're like, yeah, theater sounds cool. Yeah, it's so weird, right? I uh, I was just such a big jock. I was playing hockey. I did the requisite uh, like seven years of hockey as a as a Canadian youth, and then I I was captain of the rugby team, and I played volleyball, and did a little bit of football, all these different sports. And I never, honestly, our school was like divided down the middle. All the all the drama nerds were on one side, and all the jocks were on one side. And I I just thought they were weird. And I, it's like one of my biggest regrets to this day because now I go back and I actually produce these films and I, I make them in. Uh, Edmonton, and I'm trying to bring more film and television there, uh, and I, these particular types of films, and, and starring them in them as well. But we go back, and I, I tell, I talk to the drama students now, and I, I tell them this exact story, and I'm like, I wish I had taken this. Like, I didn't even know this theater room in our school existed wow. at the time, and uh, yeah. So we, we we get some of them walk on roles in our movies and stuff to sort of try to energize their their spirit towards the entertainment industry. That's so, did crazy. you and Janice? Did you meet in high school? <laughs> We met. We met on. I don't know who's going to be more upset, Janice or Marcus's wife, after (laughs) listening to this. My wife is going to get the biggest kick out of it. Um, (laughs) We met on a pub crawl uh, post high school. You can drink very early in Alberta and go to the bars very early. Eighteen is when we were going to the the bars, and so I think I was like just turned eighteen, and we met on a, a pub crawl and. All right. Well, yeah. More on that later. Um, so you you walked into the what the, the 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 film school in New York. Is that where you walked into? Did you say film school? Yeah, the New York Film Academy. So what was it um, about walking in there and seeing that place that kind of piqued your interest? You know, it was like it dawned on me that people learned to be actors. I don't know. I, oh. I had no, you know, an industry that you're not familiar with at all. You're like, I guess people are born into this or they have some sort of in. And then it was just an eye opener that, uh, that you could acquire this skill through education. And I, I, I mean, people had always said various things like you should try modeling and stuff just because I'm a square jawed white guy. And, uh, <laughs> and so, I, uh, I was like, well, maybe this could be a, uh, a route and, and entourage was big at the time. And that was shamefully something I was very interested in. Oh, and, man. Uh, I hate it for you and Janice really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm painting a very nice picture of who I was as, uh, as an 18 year old. Hated the theater nerds, loved entourage, <laughs> had a temporary girlfriend. Yeah. He's Marcus Rosser, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Likeable guy. So, so this is very different for us, which is great. So you travel the world, Australia, Fiji with Janice, not important, but you get back from that and you start bartending. Were you bartending to support your acting habits? Like, was this a, I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to make ends meet until I can be an actor. Or were you bartending and you were like, maybe the acting thing will work out. If not, like I'll just, I'll just do whatever. I, I, I love Edmonton, whatever. 
When I left my hometown, my like dream was to be a part-time bartender, <laughs> part-time actor. I was like, this is the <laughs> coolest life I can imagine. And I, I got three or four years deep on that and just wanted to shoot myself because I hated bartending so much. Um, yeah, that was, uh, for me, that was a dead end road. Uh, so no, I, I was very much doing that temporarily and as little as I could and saving all my, my shekels to, um, pay for acting classes and, uh, and equipment for self tapes and, and stuff like that. So What's I the, did two uh, years of university too, and then dropped out. But. Yeah. I mean, you want to be an actor. I mean, come on, you gotta yeah. get serious at some point. Uh, what, what was Definitely. the first big booking? The first thing you booked that you were like, Oh my goodness. Was it arrow? Was it arrow? Was arrow the thing where you're like, arrow oh was arrow, arrow was like the second or third, but the biggest thing, the, my biggest, the first professional gig I had was a phone dating commercial. Yeah. It was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was called live links. And, um, and Janice was not having it. She said <laughs> it's either the commercial or me, baby. I think we were still together at the time. I think she was <laughs> elated for me. Like it for us in our hometown, I had like made it with this phone date. <laughs> Live links, huh? The fact that this thing was appearing on TV at like 3 a.m., I oh, was yeah. like, boom. Were you, uh, on that for, do you remember like months. a line? Do you remember a line from it? Yeah, it's all about, um, it's, it's, it's actually a scene between a boyfriend and a girlfriend, and the boyfriend's watching the football game. And the girlfriend is like, don't forget, we got uh, dinner with so-and-so and we got um, plans with this person da, 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 da. and I'm just like dialed in on the game. And then, and then she goes, have you heard anything I've said? And then I recite it all back to her really quickly. And then the, the tagline is like women, like a guy who listens, call live links to, to, to find a listener. And yeah, I, yeah. So this was like a, an above board company. Yeah, They're not, you're not doing, you're not talking the dirty. This is no, just for I connection. Yeah, I wasn't like looking into the camera like, hey, I'll talk to you late at night or anything. <laughs> so it, it was a little bit of acting. So it, it felt it, it felt like I had made it. Well, uh, a memorably bad, memorably bad audition, Marcus, like a, like one uh, that you just left and you went, how did that just happen? They're never going to call. No one's ever going to call. <laughs> I mean, so many, so, so many. <laughs> Every once in a while still. Um, yeah, there was one for... Oh, you know what? I got to audition for, based off of the Arrow audition, they, they really liked my tape, but I was just way too young. And so they sent it to uh, the people who make Die Hard. I can't remember what um, studio that is or was at the time. But Fox, it was, maybe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was Fox. It was Fox. And they were like, okay, we need somebody that looks, I, I guess they needed somebody that looked like Bruce Willis to play his son. And... Um, and I guess I, I, I must have. And, uh, and so they sent that tape there and then the executives that were gear, gearing up to, to make a new movie with his son would eventually went to Jai Courtney. Um, and, uh, and so they sent this script and I was the only one in Vancouver that got to audition for it. And, uh, and I was just so nervous. I had literally been auditioning for like four or five months and, uh, and then everybody around me was like, this could be it. This is it, man. Like, this is your big break. Like some people just launch out of the cannon immediately. And, uh, and I, I just like prepared myself so much for this audition and, and I just, I did too much. And I went in, I just was so nervous. I, I, well, what really happened is I, I showed up at the audition. They had sent me dummy sides. And I, I so I, I learned the audition. I didn't know what it was for. And then I showed up to do the audition. And they were like, oh, here's the script if you want to take a quick look at it. And I looked at it and it was like, uh, live free or die hard. And I realized this was for 
freaking Die Hard. And uh, <laughs> you didn't know it was for like, Die Hard until you got in the room. Like as I'm walking into the room, oh, like no. they were like, they were like, here's the script if you want to provide any context for the scene that we sent you, because all the names have been changed and yeah, everything. Yeah, got it. Yeah. And so immediately I was just, I was gone because like I grew up on Die Hard. I yeah. love Die Hard. Are you kidding me? Trying to keep it hush, yeah. hush. So you and, think uh, it's just some Fox action movie? And what yeah. do you think it changes? Like if they don't ever tell you it's Die Hard, do you think you really oh, go yeah. in there and crush it? Yeah, but Man. I still don't get the role because this Jai Courtney guy was yeah. Know, Jai Courtney's pretty great. Yeah, and the other, yeah. and uh, it was always it was never going to go to me. But but it would have been it would have felt good to walk out of that feeling like I had done a good job, and I did not get that. So, <laughs> dude, that's unreal. That's just mean spirited, boy. Yeah, it was bad timing. They FedExed it. it. It wouldn't send it over like online, so they FedExed it, and it just didn't show up until that exact. Like moment Good is weird. Gracious. Classic FedEx. Classic FedEx. Classic, Classic FedEx. FedEx. So you're you're acting here and there, you're doing some things. Um what was some stuff early on? Like I imagine you're kind of learning on the fly because you didn't go to school, you're doing some classes here and there. Was there some roles that you got that you felt were really transformational for you as an actor where you really felt like I I learned to be a better actor here? Like I, I can learn from the people around me or whatever it may be. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. There's, uh, I mean, there's certain people you run into, there's certain jobs, uh, honestly, a lot of the short films that I've done over the years, um, those have been like the most fulfilling or right. uh, the most, like the, the, the best opportunity to, to go for depth, uh, in stuff because a lot of network television is, is very, um, it's, it's a little formulaic. I mean, and, uh, and so that's the stuff that's really fulfilling in class stuff. Anybody that takes class regularly as an actor, I think will tell you like their best work probably happened inside, uh, in acting class. And, and that's definitely the case for me. Um, but yeah, so those kinds of things, there's certain people you run into Andrew Walker, actually. It's so funny. You mentioned him before. Uh, one of my first Hallmark movies, I was playing like the, the guy who he steals the girl from basically. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that dude was just so cool and like nice and like had his shit together and was like managing this business on the side and uh, the, the juice company that the he has juice, with his yeah, family. Little West Juice. Yeah. We know all yeah. about it. Don't worry about the juice. Yeah, and uh, and so I, I, that was one of the people I looked at for sure in, in the Hallmark universe and thought like, okay, this guy's got this sort of uh, dialed in. Um, Warren Christie is an actor that I ran into at one point and he was just delightful. Um, so yeah, you see oh, you, the super, supernatural guys, actually, <laughs> they are they're the best dudes in the whole business. I think they are the nicest people, the, the most fun, the coolest guys. They had been doing the show for like 15 years by the time yeah. I got there. And they just, everyone says the same thing. They're like the nicest humans. I feel like you have to be because at you're some just, point. You're just playing with years, house money. You're just goofing off. It's not off, even right? fun. Serious. Like you're just in purgatory, right? <laughs> like 15 years. I know every actor's like, listen, I dream to be on a serial. But after a few, after nine, eight or nine seasons, when you know you're going to be syndicated, that's kind of, I mean, like you really have to love it. You have to love what you do and be kind to people at that point. Right. I mean, you, you'd think, but those paychecks just keep coming. And yeah. so uh, yeah. I've seen a lot of actors that just keep showing up because the paychecks are there and you show up on these sets and they don't want to talk to anybody. Don't want to look at anybody, learn uh. the lines, the moment before the camera rolls, leave as soon as they can. But it was the opposite of those guys that created like an environment that was 
fun for everybody to be there. They had fun. And then at the end of the week, they would get on their private jet and fly back to Austin, Texas and, and spend the weekend with their family and then fly back on Monday morning. Like I was like, these guys Man, figured out. That is how to do it right yeah, there. No kidding. For sure. Um, how'd you ultimately get hooked up with Hallmark? Obviously you're Canadian. So that helps a little bit because uh, they're all made up there and that helps. Uh, but what was the first initial role contact that you had uh, there? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Hallmark is a big spinning vortex that sucks in every actor in Vancouver, uh, definitely. Um, and, and sucks me in, uh, what was the first thing I did? It might've been that movie I did with Andrew called, um, uh, dash dash of love dash for love. No, that wasn't it. Okay. This is as bad. I should remember, but, uh, I basically Is started it playing Appetite like, for Love with Andrew Walker and well Taylor done. Cole. Well done. Big okay. save. Um, yeah, that was it. That was it. Uh, and so I think that was one of the very first ones. I basically played like the number three, which is the guy who hates Christmas and and, <laughs> and wears a suit. And, uh, you know, you've seen him get dumped a million times. Just Dan in real remote. life. <laughs> So I did that for like two years and uh, I, I can't even remember how many of those I did, but I did a lot and they still air. And yeah. Every time I get the girl now, everyone's like, Oh, he's getting the girl. It's like, that was, I stuffed all those movies into like an 18 month span, but it was with me. Um, so yeah, that was how. Wow. Um, you got to be in um, the, the show that is really the bane of my existence, which is when calls the heart. Uh, you got to be in, uh, in seven episodes of that television program uh, as the foil to Jack and Elizabeth. Like, you know, Jack thinks there's a chance, you know, Elizabeth's off in the big city of Hamilton. We review the show, Marcus, once a week. Oh, Marcus is from Hamilton. Yeah, Marcus is from Hamilton. Sorry, I blocked out Hamilton. Yeah, we all try to. Um, and it's not because of Marcus. No, Marcus. Sure. No, 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 I've heard. I've heard. But, oh, yeah, I'm sure the Hardys have let you know that that's the worst part of the show. Not you, but Hamilton. Um uh, how was, how, how'd you get roped in there? And did you think you were going to get longer than the seven or eight episodes? Or did you know that it was just like a one season arc? Oh no, definitely. I mean, especially the way it ends at the end of the second season, I was, it, this is major cliffhanger where I proposed to her and then it's right. like, what's she going to say? Um, my impression of that, and I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a problem to say, but their plan I think was to continue that sort of storyline. And then they realized the audience just was not interested in that at all. They really liked the, um, the small town feel of it and trying to expand that, that world was not, uh, was not well received, nor it's was my much, character coming in between the two leads. So. Yeah. Too much drama yeah. there, Marcus, you, 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 in infused the, the program with actual stakes. And that was a problem. <laughs> you said it, not me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, the irony is I'm shooting this next movie in Hamilton on Wednesday. That's funny. The actual Hamilton. Um, there's a real Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Come to Canada sometime. Wow. I've been to Ontario Kingston once, which across the border, that's it. And so that's pretty much all of Canada to me. So I feel like I got it covered. (laughs) Pretty much. It looks like every other part. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's uh, I totally forgot that you propose season ends and then it's just nothing. Next season starts and she's like, Oh no, I said no to him. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, you know, <laughs> well, that guy who I've known my whole life and just proposed to me, it was a, it was yeah. a no for me. It was a no, no big deal. I <laughs> know. Oh, like, so how'd that go? I think he's chopping wood and she's sort of stopped I don't even think like, we don't even get to see you. Do we? Does she no, even say no? No. That's it. No, I am I am gone. They were like, we do not want to see that guy's face again. Get him out of here. Do you think when you film that last scene when you're proposing, you, in your head, they, they yell cut, and you're like, man, I'm about to make serial money. Like, I'm going to be here next season, the season that was, after that. It was the first time I had, like, been on like a whole season of a show and I was I was still very new to I think I was like a, under two years into into actually professionally acting and I was like this is it and I was like I'm on this one now <laughs> and, then, and then Aaron Aaron called me one day Aaron Krakow she called me one day and she's like I don't know if anyone's told you but they're not bringing you back and I was like oh okay well <laughs> I appreciate you calling me like, like cause you didn't have to do this. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, that was how I found Like out. they're bringing me back for you to say no to me. Right? No. Yeah. And they're just like one scene, right? Just like a sag minimum. Like a, just like a, a just a just quick, like cameo. They're not, not even like, no, surely, surely they want to wrap it up in some logical manner. What Aaron, no, Aaron was like, actually going to act like it never happened. We're just going to act like Hamilton wasn't a thing. Is <laughs> That's exactly what they did. And Aaron is like, so Janice <laughs> called us. <laughs> <laughs> and she told us about you. <laughs> she said, she talked about what happened in Fiji. And it was like, and he was like uh, always on some weird, like boyfriend <laughs> phone line. I don't know. But. We can't have that. It was. It's a no for us. We can't have that level of character on the show. But what's so interesting <laughs> is um, Daniel Lissing only makes it another two years. Two years. Yeah. I wonder if they ever, you know, ki were kicking themselves. Just I mean, like, you, yeah. you can't obviously, but if they keep you along at least, like, they, hey, still interested, still throwing stones at your window at night. Like, it could I think they, every. I think everything my character represented was not with that show. Uh, called for Accurate. and so that was that was just never gonna be but you could have option. done what everybody else does where they come to hope valley and they change that's like, right hope valley yeah, changes true. them and <laughs> I mean, it's a place for change that's true totally it totally is. true i keep i keep telling uh because I, I did this movie with andrea brooks who's on yeah. on the show and then chris mcnally is uh like we were buddies before either of us had ever booked a professional gig we were in class together and everything in vancouver um and I, I, I keep telling her, I was like, the only way I'm going to come back, I think, is if Chris and I have a, a, a pistol duel in I the streets it. and he shoots me dead for, for Aaron's uh, honor. Once again, it would be so great. Yeah. Now that she's with Lucas, you come back under the show. <laughs> hey, what about uh, so, the proposal? Have you thought, have you had a I never heard think? back, actually, hey, on the yeah. proposal. <laughs> mm. Man, is it a yes or a no? So Still waiting. You, you've done a lot of these movies, uh, Marcus, and you've played anything from the lead to like that three or four on the call sheet. What's the, I know it's a 15-day shoot. What's the, the difference from a preparation and shooting standpoint from being the guy who's like the ex-boyfriend or the, or the has-been boyfriend about to be dumped uh, versus the lead? Like, are you shooting, what, five days versus 15? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Probably like five to fifteen is a good ratio. That that is typical. Um, in terms of preparation, it's uh, you know it's funny playing the lead guy. You sort of once you get in the rhythm, once you've done enough of them, you're like, okay, this is the this is the tone to hit. I with the ones that we make, I try to find 
different character aspects to to lean into and to to try different things. But it, it is funny. It took a while, I think, for me to get comfortable with the the tone of of some of these movies. And I think this is the same for some actors where uh, you want to be. I don't know. You, you, there's a disposition to the character that you need to apply that uh, that will suit this sort of story, and um, and I actually found it much easier to tap into the the jerky boyfriend guy. So it's like this guy. It's very clear what this guy wants. He's just yes. all about business, and he's going to get dumped. And uh, you know, but with um, with the leads, you, you kind of need to stay a little more even keel. And uh, yeah, put this in order of makes the most money to makes the least amount of money um the leads uh best friend ex-boyfriend or current boyfriend who's a jerk parents like in the movies yeah um the leads will make uh significantly right. more and then everyone else makes the same oh else, uh, yeah yeah wow i didn't I know that their amount of work everyone else makes the same relative to the amount of right everybody who right. works five days is getting paid the same yeah, yeah. since uh-huh. we're talking about salary with marcus I, <laughs> which i'm super happy you brought it up we do this all the time marcus um what how many episodes of when calls the heart uh equal the salary <laughs> of like a movie uh, a lead episodes of when calls the heart equal the salary of a movie uh i mean it's going to vary for, for so many actors based on what their, their rates are and stuff. Generalizing, if I had to generalize, I'd say two and a half to three eps of, of one of those oh, wow. standard salaries would equal a movie. So that's that's why, man, you can be on a season of 10 episodes. You do your three movies in the bank and you do all your filming at once and then you get syndicated stuff if it goes to Netflix and everything. I mean, yeah, get on, on the series is, is the key if you're, oh, you're doing our job. Yeah, then you can get back to bartending. <laughs> <laughs> the real stuff. The real, that's right. That's right. Get back to Fiji. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get to Fiji? Real real talk. Like, how do you don't just and wind from up? From what Fiji. I understand, you left Janice there. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I left her there emotionally. Uh. Um, we, uh, you, what do we do? We landed in Sydney, Australia. Actually, you know, what's funny is I was talking to Dan Lissing when we were doing the show and we figured out that he was playing, he was playing in the house band of a hostel that I stayed in when I first no. arrived in Sydney, Australia. Wow. And I was there a night that he was playing and I didn't really, we would have never realized this unless we really talked about it. But, um, yeah, that was, that was baffling. Did revelation. you just decide to go down there to like to vacation or what? I had just graduated from uh, high school in a tiny little town in, in the tundra of Northern Canada. And I was like, I need to see the world. And so we just hopped on a plane and, and decided to do the backpacking. There's a pretty standard backpacking route from Sydney, Australia up to Cairns, which is the East coast. And so we just hopped on a bus and did that and saw the beaches and kangaroos and stuff. And then wow. when we got to Cairns, uh, one of the nearest places was Fiji. And so we just hopped on another flight and went over to Fiji and bumped around those islands. Unbelievable. I, I'm sorry. I'm just uh, still laughing at Janice and that's not, <laughs> I'm just making up a story in my mind. And, and, uh, yeah, we are. We all are. Right? But the <laughs> difference between a permanent girlfriend and a temporary girlfriend is a back tra- backpack. That's right. Trip. That's right. That's yeah, how yeah, you yeah. find that's out. When you know. That's when the rubber meets the road. 
Mm. Or the, you know, so true. the trail. If, if you, you want to, yeah, if you want to really test it, uh, the, the best stress test for a relationship is traveling or living together, I guess. And That's right. Um, so you mentioned that you're now like a part of making these movies, bringing them to Edmonton. Um, what kind of was that evolution like for you from just being um, in them to maybe being more a part of the creative process and all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, once I, once I was able to quit the bartending in my mid early twenties there, I, I was finally this actor guy. I was making enough to get by. And uh, in my mind I had, you know, made it, but then suddenly I had all this free time in between projects that, I really assumed I would love and uh, I hated it. I just felt so unfulfilled, you know, it'd be a month or two between gigs and, uh, and I would do nothing, but I don't know, go to the gym and then putts around Vancouver. And, um, and so I just never been much of a hobbyist and I always felt like I was sort of underutilizing, you know, my potential. And, um, and so then right before the pandemic, I got the call to do uh, a movie in Edmonton, um, very serendipitous, uh, being directed and produced by uh, my now producing partner, Dylan Pierce. Um, and uh, he didn't even know I was from Edmonton. And, and so I came and, and he offered me an executive producing credit and I, I really took it and ran. I, I showed up for pre-production, learned every, like all the ropes and then stuck around after and, and was learning how the editing is done and, and just all the processes. And then after that, I went and uh, I went and negotiated a deal with um, another production company to to let us uh, service a few of their films in in Edmonton. And so now uh, we've started our own little production company and are, are pumping out um, MOWs uh, under my banner. And so, yeah, uh, is it with is it with Johnson? No, I do a lot. I do a lot with uh, with Tim Johnson's, but uh, uh, no, I've just acted in his projects before, gotcha. not. Uh, yeah, not servicing for them. What is your, which of these MOWs are you the proudest of? Like not necessarily that you've produced, but the one that you've been in that you would say, you know, they're all great. Oh, the cast and crew is always great. Blah, blah, blah. We hear that a bunch. But like, which one is the one that you were like, either this was the most fun or this one I'm proud of my work or I just really am proud of how it turned out. What, which one sticks out to you? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm going to try not to be so diplomatic about this, but it is funny. It's like, it's always recency bias with these things. It's always like the thing that you just made. You're yeah. like, Oh, that's the best thing. And then you want to hire all those people again. You want to work with, yeah. with all those people again. Um, but, uh, we just finished one in, in Edmonton that, you know, that I acted in and produced. So it's not, not just something I produced, but, um, uh, that was, that was my favorite one so far, just because we had, I literally hired my mom to do our, our COVID supervising and, uh, and, uh, my producing partner's wife was one of our, uh, producers. And, uh, we, we hired a student from, from my old high school to, to do a walk on role. Wow. We had all the like people from our town coming to fill in scenes as, as extras and stuff. And so those are the most fun by far. What was that one called? Like, is it, is it out yet? Uh, uh, it's not out yet. Um, it just, we just wrapped up post-production last week. Uh, it's going to be called from Italy with Amore. Um, yeah. Meaning from Italy with love. I got you. I didn't, no, I'm following. I did, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not choose the title, but <laughs> I don't hate it either. It's fine. Do you ever um, hate a title so much you go in and go, can we change this? Do you ever do that bit? Oh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> They usually change. They usually, right. yeah. usually on the call sheet is, is not the title that, that ends up coming out when, when the thing airs, because yeah, there's just so many processes to actually get the title approved for, for 
screening. And so in the beginning, it'll be like, oh, this sounds clever. And then you got to go through all like insurance and everything, make sure no other movie has this title and, and all these steps. So you have um, one coming out on the Hallmark Channel uh, later this month. Romance to the Rescue. Does that sound does that sound like the one? That does sound like uh, like one that I did recently. That's the one with uh, Andrea Brooks. Yes. Um, yeah. We know her. Nathan Witt. Yeah. Andrew's yeah. She's, she's great. Yeah. How uh, yeah. long ago did you shoot that that sucker? And uh, I feel like you have like a, a, a handful in the in the hopper, which is uh, yeah. not always the case. Yeah, there's a bunch in the can right now. Um, that one we shot exactly a year ago in Vancouver. Uh, yeah in spring of, of 2021 and then we got from italy with amore in the can we got something else coming out uh on amazon in june um and then we're gonna we're going into production on i guess i just did one for this other company yeah there's a lot Man. we're doing two back in edmonton uh in july and august actually so i in see production on those right now too i see in the chat in the double decker chat on bramblejamplus.com that somebody said you played a ser- serial killer on lifetime is that accurate <laughs> yeah yeah i did a few of these uh these lifetime movies where the, these lifetime thrillers and uh and i was like uh, the, it was called the killer in the basement and i rented out an airbnb in somebody's basement and then seduced them and <laughs> attempted to kill everybody in their life so when and then i did the same thing in a sequel called killer in the guest house yeah yeah you didn't get killed in the first or the sequel so when you're preparing like do you picture janice specifically <laughs> Oh, poor Janice. I'm not, I'm not touching that one. Uh, she, is, she is wonderful. We were very young. She has a family. We both learned a lot in life. I wish her nothing but the best. Oh, man. Shout out. Shout out Got him. Uh, but so you, at this point, though, you're, you're on the production side of things. You're on the creative side. But you're, what you seem to like doing is more of these family friendly ones, maybe not the lifetime thriller. Is that accurate? Or would you be interested in spicing up the movie of the week uh, type of movie you're making? Yeah, we've considered doing uh, some, some thrillers uh, under our banner, but it really comes down to what can you do with the budgets provided for these movies? And, and it's always been my opinion that, it's much easier to make a rom-com look good and, and yeah. an acceptable level of production quality than it is to make a, a thriller look good under the same money. Is, so that's fair. Is there something you've not gotten to do as an actor that you would like, lo- I'm sure there's a lot you want to do, but like something that you love, like a particular genre or type of film or TV show that you'd really love to do that you've never really gotten to be a part of. Yeah, more comedy. Definitely more comedy. I'm in. I'm in something that's coming out in June. Um, that is, it's a it's a full on comedy. It stars Sarah Highland uh, from Modern Family and Dylan Sprouse, one half of the the Sprouse twins. I and, love the Sprouse uh, twins. And I'm, yeah, and uh, and and so uh, so I'm in that, and that was a total departure from from any of this, uh, this Hallmark stuff, um, which was nice. Cause it's nice to just have both things, but, um, I would love to do more full on comedy. Fantastic. Is that the Amazon thing? Yeah. What's yeah. it called? It's called my fake boyfriend. Oh, and, okay. uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I've never seen one that sells his stuff less than Marcus. Marcus like, I've got one here and this, one there. You don't need to know the titles. It's, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. If you see it, watch them. Don't not, watch. No them. big deal. 
It's up to you. Like, I'm not going to tell I, you. Uh, that's the Canadian in me. I'm that's like, right. Yeah. Don't you talk are, about yourself too much. I'm yeah. sure you have other stuff. I'm sure you have other yourself. stuff to do. You have other stuff. We're all busy. We're all busy. We're all busy. Yeah. 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 I've got one here, one there, one everywhere. If you turn on the TV, you'll probably see me, but I, I don't want to really give you any more details. It's really up that. to you. That would be, it's up to you. you know. this, is, this is a common gripe with people in my life. They're like, they're like it's okay to just inform yeah. people. I'm like, yeah. nah, I don't want to. I don't want to push it. it. Sounds corny. I feel the same way. Yeah. I, uh, uh, self-promotion's hard for me. <laughs> for sure. It is. Yeah. It's just a weird bit. It is. Um, but you got to do it these days. Am I right? You got to. You want to you rapid Absolutely. fire? Uh, let's rapid fire. We each get to ask you three random questions. It's very different than what we've been doing. Um, <laughs> and you get to answer it as quickly and honestly as you would like to. Uh, really, it's up to you. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do is fine here. Yeah. Dan? Uh, the best meal in Edmonton. Boston pizza. Boston um, you know pizza? what that is? No. Oh, maybe you don't know. Uh, no, that's so Canadian. That's so Canadian. Everybody rips on me for liking Boston pizza. It's a it's a chain restaurant across Called Canada. Called Boston does... pizza? Boston pizza. Yeah. There's a guy on the original Shark Tank uh, show. Kevin O'Leary. That, that... Nah, one of the other guys. Um, um, but... uh, the other guy with Not the Mark tech. Cuban. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Uh, one of the other guys owns bus. Anyway, it's anybody in Canada. It's like the Applebee's of oh. like Italian restaurants, basically. Is that your real answer? That's the that's the answer you're going with. The best meal in Edmonton is Boston pizza. Look, I I love Edmonton and I love all of Alberta, but in terms of interesting cultural cuisine, it's not a hot spot. Fair, fair. Yeah, Boston pizza. <laughs> you never did it's see just, it coming. It's just what it it's, it's just what it's called. Yeah. It's just Boston pizza. You know how Boston's famous for their pizza. <laughs> yeah, why did they do that? Yeah, I'm gonna point. go to uh, Kansas Lobster if you don't mind. <laughs> Kansas Lobster. <laughs> uh, what What are you What are you watching these days? What's tickling your fancy? What are you watching late at night? Oh man, Drive to Survive on repeat. Um, Drive the, to Survive. The Netflix F1 show. Oh, you, I've heard about this. It? Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about, but I've not seen it yet. But I hear it's like just so addictive. It's, it's so niche and hipster right now, but like, but even if you don't like ever, F1, anyone, you would like it. Tyler Hines was going that's on about the, thing. It the other day. Yeah. It's incredible. And it, I've just gotten like totally absorbed with the entire sport because of it. And, uh, it's so good. Uh, outer range just, uh, premiered. I had audition for that a couple of years back and read that pilot. And it was one of the best pilots I've ever read. The show is, the show's great. It's, it's different than what I imagined, but, uh, it's really good. Josh Brolin's incredible. Oh, wow. Um, those how, things. How often do you watch things? Uh, this is uh, uh, not my second question. This is uh, B part. Um, <laughs> how is, often do you watch things that you auditioned for that you didn't get? Not a lot. Definitely. Yeah, not a lot. There is a little stink on it after that, right. to be honest. Yeah, I'm sure. Is uh, Yeah, it, it's something like really good that I'm like, this is just this is just fantastic. And I had no chance of being in it anyway, like out of range. Um, I'm like, this is, I got to watch this. But there are some some things that I'm like, ah, that was mine for the taking. If uh, you know, if a few things fell in the right place, and then I and I can't really watch it. But, mm. um, that's just vanity. Well, thank God uh, you got that uh, phone line commercial because now right. you can watch it yeah. right. anytime every day, every, right. every day. No, no problem. Nobody yeah. can take that away from that's me. Right. That's exactly right. All right, Oilers Kings. I need you just a quick breakdown, like a like a you know, a one minute breakdown of what's going to be the decisive factor in the Oilers beating the Kings and what's the run to the cup. Like, what are you worried about getting to the cup? Uh, okay. Well, defense is why we're going to win the first round against the Kings. It's been our 
you know, our Achilles heel for many, many years now. And I mean, we have the two best players in the league, in my opinion, definitely the, the one best player in the league, Connor McDavid. Um, but now we finally have some defensive efforts. Mike Smith, our goalie, is getting hot at the right time, even though he's about to keel over and die any minute because he's <laughs> a million years old. Um, everybody loves him in Edmonton. He's, he's so, he's such a good old boy. Uh, but uh, that's why we're going to get past the first round. What scares me in terms of winning the cup is, is Calgary because yeah. they are so hot right now and we're going to face them in the second round most likely. And uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be uh, epic though to well, play them in the second Andrew round. Andrew Walker's a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And so if it's somehow yeah. Oilers Maple Leafs, we need to have them both on at the same time Ooh, yeah. just to argue about it. Cause I, cause it would be a very kind argument. I feel like between the two of you and I would love that. Um, hey, when, when it comes to sports, the gloves come off. So uh, Andrew better be ready to bring it then. <laughs> love that. Um, uh, do you still get out on the, the ice ever? Do you still go uh, play hockey with the boys? Yeah, it's pretty hard not to uh, when you live up here, to be honest, because anytime I'm home and, and there's snow on the ground, everyone's like, um, they want to get out to the ODR, play shinny. And so I do a lot of that. Yeah. Um, you just spoke a different language. Play briefly. shinny. ODR and play shinny. I don't know what, uh, what you just said. Out, outdoor rink. Outdoor rink. The ODR. The play ODR. shinny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's shinny? Shinny's like pickup hockey. Oh, okay. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, out yeah, to yeah. the ODR it's, and play it. shinny. You go it. to the ODR and play shinny, <laughs> yeah. two on two, uh, nonchalant. Mar- Marcus, we're in we're in South Carolina. It snows like you know, oh, once yeah. a decade. Like ODR and shinny, like you're just talking snow right now. We don't know what you're saying. You guys ever watch uh, Letter Kenny? Oh, yeah. We the, do watch uh, that. Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I need to. There's a whole Canadian language to be learned. There is, and it's going real fast, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Last one for me, like what's a movie you saw in the theater, either as a child, teenager, whatever, that really made an impact? Like you left the theater and you went, oh my goodness, that was amazing. I want to do this or I just can't believe I saw that. Uh, a little construction here, guys. Sorry about that. You're fine. Um, yeah, Jerry Maguire is yeah. the reason why I started acting, to be honest. Wow. I, yeah, I had an absentee father and uh, I had a few pictures of him around the house and um, that my mom would just hang on to. And he looked so much like Tom Cruise that I, I, I swear in my like tiny little child brain, I conflated the two people. And when I saw Jerry Maguire and just how fast he talked and how much like charisma he had and the fact that it was involved with sports, which I was already becoming a big fan of, I was like, this guy is amazing. And for many years i thought i wanted to be a sports agent but it turns out i just wanted to play one on tv dude that that is such a great story but also breaks my heart as a father like you know (laughs) like both of those things are true that was way more heartwarming and and uh sentimental than i was expecting nicely done but also man that's brutal um i'll close with this and we'll keep it heartwarming i'm gonna i'll allow you i'll give you you can look right at the camera and you can make amends with janice (laughs) Um, well, I'll make you full screen. This is your time right. to finally just put this thing to bed. Marcus, speak right to the camera. Speak to the Janice. Uh, share your heart. Uh, Janice, uh, as you'll be known for, for these purposes, um, we it worked out for both of us in the way that it was always meant to. And I wish you and your family nothing but the best. Um, and I hope it doesn't hurt when you see me on TV. <laughs> Beautiful. 
Fantastic. Thank you, Marcus. I love it. Marcus, that, was, that, that I think is going to go a long way. It's going to go a long way. Dude, you are just the best, man. You're a scholar and a gentleman, and we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Thank you so much for doing it, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. And we end every one of these by wishing our guests a very Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Deck the Hallmarks of Bramble Jam podcast. It's presented by Philo TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in, yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina. Set decor is by Plum at Haywood Mall. For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on Bramble Jam podcast network, you can go to bramblejampodcast.com. You're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here at the studio. Feel free to listen. Feel free to turn it off, whatever you want to. But either way, thanks so much for your support.